Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 246, recorded at Big Dog Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is made possible by... Oh man, that's such a pickup. You gotta try this tiger tea from Sacred Blossom Farms. In fact, if you go to sacredblossomfarms.com right now and enter in Real Herb, all caps, 15, you can save 15% on your next order. Tell them that Practical Herbalist sent you. We often talk as herbalists about the wisdom of the plants and the deep healing and lessons they offer. The cousins, the fungi, can open us up to a whole new world of wisdom if we dare explore it in partnership with them. Today we're talking with Bette Williams, author of The Wild Kindness, A Psilocybin Odyssey, and whose essays are appearing in Lucid News and Double Blind Magazine about partnering with the mushrooms. Now here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Hey, Bette, welcome. Hello, I'm so glad to be here. I am so glad to have you here. I loved your book, I have to admit. It was quite a trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I don't think it's what everybody necessarily expected. Having been around in the, speaking at psychedelic conferences, they're like, oh, it's it's like literature in some ways it has more to do with like less than zero and and go ask atlas and those drug books in the 90s (laughs) except that i said i didn't have to end with a drug addiction instead i actually healed yes yeah you know one of the things i loved about it was that you get the feeling of those psychedelics as you're reading it because there's things that are very colorful and things that are like vivid and larger than life Mm -hmm. and then there's also deep truths. So, you know, at one point I'm like, wow, we're standing right at the the cliff's edge of this incredible truth of, oh my God, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a few pages later, I'm like, wow, this is trippy. I can't believe, did this really happen? Seriously. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was, it was awesome. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. (laughs) I cannot even, I mean, I have to admit, I've done very little of things that alter consciousness beyond what I can do myself in part, because I've often lived sort of a strange like experience in terms of, you know, getting to know the plants and, you know, you know, and, and so to talk with someone who's used the mushrooms and, and, and healed from them, not had bad Mm -hmm. trips and, you know, all the horror stories, but actually has a really healthy relationship is, I, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, one of the things, you know, being on this wonderful herbalism podcast, I'm humbled to be around herbalists. Herbalists are the people who I am the most humbled by because I'm I'm inherently a lazy person. The one of the first time I did mushrooms. I was asking for help around my alcohol use and the mushrooms showed me the landscape and they said, first off, it took a schedule one drug to awaken you to the fact that the plants around you can help you. And in terms of your addiction to alcohol, your brain is out of balance because you're out of balance with the plant life that one is in your supermarket, but mostly is in your freaking yard. And so it showed me all the things around me and said, you know, firstly, to be in balance, pay attention to the plants around your house. (laughs) And yeah, and we're, we're schedule one drug and and we're psychedelic as heck. And we'll, we'll trip you out and, and just acknowledge that it took a hammer 
to wake you up to what what herbalists just automatically understand as a truth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it I mean, even being in the herbal field, it's such a huge field. I mean, it's just yeah, it's like every landscape on earth. It it really yeah. is. And to me, the mushrooms are like the bedrock of that. You know, just mm-hmm. like you said in the book, first there were mushrooms, then there was everything yeah. else. I mean, that's reality. That's how well, it like, is. Terrence McKenna has the idea of the stoned ape theory, which I disagree with on one point. He said that um, we walked around all hairy and naked and and somebody picked up a mushroom and everything got colorful and culture was born. I think all it took was the tiniest bit of any entheogenic plant, whether it was one of those DMT containing grasses, to see that every plant has a deva and has something to teach you. And I think we were wise enough at that time because we were in such an extreme state of having to gather our own food that I don't think there was such a big difference between the grandiose psychedelic experience and an experience with, let's say, yarrow or a plant that that really spoke to you and healed you. I think we were able to perceive things more vividly in our pre-Platonic, Socratic, you know, era of life. Yes, I 100% agree with you on that. I often think of us humans as being kind of like we're still in that innocent child phase where yeah. you know we we need to wake up and start to move beyond like how do I put this? <clears throat> we started off like in the ape man, you know, the, the prehistoric man. We yeah. started off being like children, innocent, and we had no yeah. other knowledge. So here we were. And and just like dogs know which herbs to use and, and you know, yeah. all the wild animals, they all know which ones. They don't have to yeah. eat poison to figure out it's poison. They listen to what the plants have to say. It's just yeah. the natural language of things. Yeah. And for us to get to the point of wisdom they are at, we had to move into science and technology. We had to shut yeah. the centers down. We had to develop other areas of our psyche as the human constructs that we are. And now yeah. I feel like we are in the process of moving back toward being able to hear what the plants are saying naturally and the psychedelics are a part of helping us move as a species in that direction i think um for an herbalist mushrooms are essential one thing i notice about them compared to i mean lsd is also helpful but i think in terms of communicating with plants to walk around a garden and ask each plant what can you teach me yeah is a pretty fail-proof enterprise if you're not crazy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, well, and there have been an awful lot of herbalists who've been labeled crazy for quite some years, but... We need a little little crazy. Like, one of the... The place where I live, a man who I met at a local hot spring, um, he's a medicine man of Scottish descent, and he lived in Mexico in an expat hippie family, studied with, with Maria Sabina, who works with the mushrooms who died in the 90s. He, um, his whole practice, I found out after he died, was to sing to plants and to acknowledge that every plant has a deva or an angelic presence that you can speak to. And yes. with the mushrooms, there's, you know, everyone speaks about the voice of the other mm-hmm. and the entity that is the mushroom. 
I don't think any being doesn't have a a being you can talk to. Right. Like, yes, yes. I've spoken yeah. to an awful lot of beings. And honestly, I mean, the, the native practices from, you know, before pre-Columbian, pre-Columbian, you know, Americas. And yeah. I would bet worldwide the same thing is they say spirit is in everything. You yes. know, this pen has spirit, although the pen yeah. being all plastic and, you know, rather inanimate because that's what we humans have created it to be may not have yeah. as much as perhaps yeah. a feather quill may have had, but it's still there, you know. And everything you can talk to, like the mice in my house became mm. a jinn, became a, a malevolent ghost in my house. And the ghost told me I, I had shit to deal with over by the refrigerator. Right. So I think all <laughs> things like have the capability of turning into a little cartoon where you have a conversation. <laughs> right. And I think psychedelics is that's like an innate thing. But I think how we were in the olden days was like you would have these conversations with the oversouls of things. You'd yes. you'd walk into a cul-de-sac and you would be like, something here is saying don't come over here. Yeah. And yeah. Who knows what that thing is necessarily, but, but we are, you know, like, it's like Walt Disney. People get mad that you like anthropomorphize the mouse in Walt Disney, but maybe there's more truth to that than we think (laughs) that like our human brains like actually do that automatically. So we can actually have that conversation. It's true. I think we really, it is a natural and normal part of human brains. It's just that we civilize it out of ourselves. Yeah. And most of us don't hang on to that thread, but that speaks to like, I mean, the Mickey Mouse speaks to a very uh-huh. primal space in us. Yeah. And that's. And I bet there's you know, this stuff that has to do with actual mice. Like, yes. I don't, you yeah. know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> They're a big part of our lives. I learned that recently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they can they can really I mean, mice, especially mice that move into a house they're yeah. to some extent, they're all about the mess. I mean, they keep their yeah. own nests a total mess. They're mess makers. Yeah. And they have no problem yeah. making a mess and being surprisingly destructive. And it mm-hmm. really they call your attention yeah. to the areas where you need to refocus and the areas where you have yes. you have boundaries open. You have holes. Oh, wow. And it's time to. Yeah, you know, they're they're an incredible teacher yeah and just in terms of mushrooms that was my last big mushroom trip which was I was preparing for the psilocybin summit and I went outside and I felt Paul Stamets presence in the juniper trees and he walked with me inside and he pointed out my mouse problem and my partner was literally sick by the refrigerator looking gray and green like Yoda-ish and and he said that like Prairie women going way back have always chosen to sit in the in the most toxic part of the house <laughs> in order to draw attention to where something needs yeah. to be fixed. And and he was like, they died that way. Right. <laughs> it's just like nobody listened. Right. That's one of the challenges of being a woman is having your voice, yeah. learning how. I mean, we've had so many yeah. currently in America, we may not have our voices fully repressed, but we have totally. a heritage of ancestors who were not listened to, who weren't empowered, even when they did yeah. speak their minds, they were not listened to. Yeah. 
and they spoke with their whole bodies like the prairie wind. Yeah, and I'm going to sit here and get sick until husband, yeah. you move the refrigerator yeah. and find <laughs> right. out there were mice by there. Right. Yeah. Like that yeah. interconnectivity. I mean, if there's anything that's the mushrooms, it's exactly that story. And and we have so much in in our current world of like psychedelic psychotherapy where you're going to heal relationships with the dead or your family or whatever. But we discount the importance of one, the mushrooms told me my dog that I liked lamb and that my dogs like chicken, but I've been buying them lamb dog food Mm -hmm. the whole time. And, and like when your dogs aren't eating their dog food, (laughs) Up ahead, up ahead in the game, they're going to have teeth problems. They're going to oh, get yeah. sick. They're going to be cranky. You'll be on a trip and they won't be eating. Like yep. these simple little things that happen in our lives actually are what make up our lives. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Life is yeah. what's happening in the moment. It's not, Yeah. you know, it's not like Hollywood with, you know, a couple of things happen and suddenly you've saved the world. Yeah. It's so rare. <laughs> So rare. (laughs) And if your dog puked in your bed that morning when you were supposed to go get your Oscar, it's definitely going to put a damper on That's going to, yeah, you're probably not going to look your best. No. (laughs) So I'm always holding down the fort of like mushrooms are teaching you things that pay attention to what you may not think is important but that the mushrooms might think is important because uh, people who are new to this will often make a giant list of all the things that they want the mushrooms to help them with. And then they take a dose and and they're immediately thrown sideways into Mm -hmm. like that. They've never taken care of their carburetor or they never (laughs) called their, their uncle or their best friend from childhood. And they're like, wait a minute. I thought yes. it was about losing weight or becoming famous or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you think about it, I mean, the mushrooms that we eat, whether they're psychedelic or mm-hmm. not, that's the fruiting yeah. body of a huge network that's happening yeah. underground. And the happening underground yeah. is the important part. It's intelligence. It's yes. it's mycelial intelligence. They they wrap themselves around the roots of trees so that when a tree dies, its information downloads into the mycelium, which is communicating to the other trees what this tree was going through and maybe why it died and how to avoid that or just Mm -hmm. because it wants to share the information. Yes, yes. And it it returns to the trees while they're living. It helps them process their nutrients, which is the same thing as digesting your experiences. Yeah. The mycelium helps the tree understand what to do next or how to grow next. I mean, the mycelium have everything to do with why the essential oils are as they are. I like that. Yeah. It's a symbiotic relationship. And there's so... It's it's digesting. Digesting is when everything is just like affected by acid and turns into a whole information that our brains don't understand. I right. love that. Yes. Yeah. Or at so least our, our consciousness doesn't understand. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. And it's all about the details. Yeah. I mean, everything is about the details, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Oh, this bug landed on me. I've got a problem. What do I do about that? Well, you yeah. know, here's an idea. Why don't you try this? Okay. I'll manage the digestive that. acid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So the so the fly on on like our heads <laughs> is no different from all the stuff you bring to the table as yes. like a working artist or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's digestion. Digestion. Everything is reduced to equal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. It's breaking out, breaking it down into something that you can assimilate. Yeah. Pretty much. Because they do that with oil. Mushrooms do that with oil spills. Mm-hmm. And um, they can break up the oil. And then they can, yeah, they, well, what I say in the book is, you know, is like at the end, it's like, well, what are they here for? And why are they such a big deal right now? Yeah. And it's, I'm so curious about that. And I think it's just that mushrooms do bring things into balance. Yes. And it may not be in the way that you, <laughs> that you think, <laughs> right. you know, because I think a lot of people are like, not everybody should be doing mushrooms, but it's like they're going to more people than ever are probably going to be doing mushrooms. Right. Right. And yeah. so whatever the mushrooms have in mind is, is I'm curious about because we yeah. can't control this. Right. Right. Where do yeah. they see? Where do the details they believe are the ones yeah. we should be taking care of? Because those are probably uh-huh. the details we actually should take care of. Yeah. You know, let the other stuff go. It'll clean itself up in time. You turn the gear over mm-hmm. here and yeah. the thing over there moves, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it's yeah. noticing the details you can actually manage, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe cleaning the carburetor is the thing that you can do that will actually help you get your mind right so you're good in your relationship or yeah. the weight loss happens or whatever, you know? <laughs> I know. I, in certain Christian churches, you'd see a little bit about that. Like, Jesus told me to fix the carburetor. Right. <laughs> They're turned into mushroom consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. They know what's really going to help them. Also, oh, like, cool. teenagers, like, I, yeah. like, for instance, marijuana is really not good to do until your brain has developed. But right. I've heard some stories about young people in mushrooms where, this girl did it with her parents at age 15 mm-hmm. and she had like this crying fest in the van with her parents <laughs> and it just healed the whole family yeah. system. Right. And, um, you know, I hope they do a few studies cause I have a feeling that, that peyote, um, mushrooms, ayahuasca may, um, be not as harmful as marijuana for younger people and might be a way to have conversations about altered states with younger people. Um, But, you know, as Westerners, we have such gnarly boundaries with our kids that I wouldn't want have wanted to do that with my parents, but, <laughs> right. but I know communities um, who are, you know, not white communities who have been able to pull off more of a, like doing it with your grandpa and your teenage kid kind of situation. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, trying to raise kids, it's, it's challenging. I mean, yeah. even without internet and all the other stuff that came along with that, it's challenging. Yeah. It's a hard it it's hard to navigate the world often just as an adult, it's hard to navigate. Yeah. And now you're trying to decide, well, do I let my kid get exposed to this or not? Oh, so yeah. many. It's exhausting. You yeah. know. Yeah, I know I watch um uh, my friend's kid go to all these festivals and buying psychedelics from the person at the rave. And I'm like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. like, oh, but it's, it's what I would have done at that age too. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, we've watched our own. He's just turning 18 and. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We're right in it. Yeah, yeah. We're right in it. And we're watching him make choices. And some of them were like, Oh God, Oh God, no, no. 
Okay, I I've got to let you. I, I did it. Two and a half hours to a forest rave to meet the person at the door and show them a picture of my friend's kid. And I said, I said, oh, and they were like, oh, we saw her. And I said, well, you make sure she has good drugs. Not yeah. bad drugs. Yeah. Make sure she gets good drugs. <laughs> Make sure she gets the right ones. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> good LSD, no bath salts. Yes. <laughs> yes. True. So true. <laughs> One of the benefits of the Herbal Nerd Society is getting custom content written for you every month. Another thing that you get as an Herbal Nerd Society member is the ability to say what you want to hear in our herbal conferences and those herbal articles. You also get an ad-free viewing environment for the Practical Herbalist. Join today at theherbalnerdsociety.com. So we have coming up, just like in a week or so here, we've got a ballot, um, the votes happening in our state. Psilocybins are on the ballot. And the style that they're talking about here is the center's the language of the ballot is somewhat yes. vague. You don't have to be a doctor to be a facilitator at said oh. center. So I don't okay. I don't know how exactly this is going to evolve if it passes. I thought it was for ther- legalization for therapeutic yes. use only. And That's, then you get a certificate. Yeah. That's the same yes. measure. Dr. Bronner's supporting it. Yeah. 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 But they're very clear about the fact that you do not have to be an MD or you don't have to hold a doctorate. You do have to get their certificate. So whatever training they give you or is involved, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. um, And you're not allowed to have the mushrooms outside of the facility. So it's not like you can do it at home. Like when we legalized medical marijuana here in this state, you would go and yes, you had to go to a doctor and go yeah. through the healthcare system and get a prescription. Then you had to go find a grower and you know it was a big thing, yeah. but you could take it in your home where you could yeah. create your own ceremonies or rituals or spaces yeah. so that you could work with what came up in your own space. Mm-hmm. For this, it's definitely not going to be allowed in your own space. Yeah. But you know, Patrick suggested he thought it was maybe a good idea because it's kind of like the early days of medical marijuana in that it's at least a yeah. step closer. I don't know, yeah. What do you think? Um, I thought it was like full on BS when they took that turn when it happened. But people I respect are saying this is a moment that we need to move through. So I'm holding that as possibly true. I, I don't think the people involved in these things are highly targeted by the law. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's a whole lot to worry about, but I've heard that like, let's say a mushroom practitioner who has a license is found with an illegal amount of marijuana in their house. I, I've read like there's weird loopholes that if you're found with mushrooms or marijuana in your house as a practitioner, then you're, you're in more trouble. Like my worry Mm -hmm. is that people like me who just do them with their friends, um, if they're caught with them, I heard that it's possibility you would have a higher sentence. But the thing is, is that it's very rare to get caught. Like the people who've gotten caught um, have across the board been irresponsible white people um, (laughs) who kind of deserved it. There's there's (laughs) a lot of us out there who are irresponsible. In the case... Basically, my concern with drug laws is it's like the inordinate amount of targeting of black and brown people. Um, and 
I also, there's so many complicated things in the decriminalization movement that's holding things up and inability to understand conversations with indigenous communities around peyote. Um, so you step into it and there's this immediate urgency, like this is good, it shouldn't be illegal. Um, but there's also the fact we've made it this far. Um, psychedelics are very rarely um, prosecuted unless you're being crazy. Um, when Willie Nelson got busted for marijuana, they found mushrooms in his bus. And I don't think he did the requisite time for, for the mushrooms that he could have. Um, so, and also I, I stand by that it's really okay to be part of a culture that has done these things in secret, not just because of colonization and persecution, but because these things are often done in secret for a ton of other reasons having mm -hmm. to do with that they're sacred. So, yeah. so I've loosened my opinion from like, that's bogus. They seem to ride the train of the decrim movement into the gate and then they fucked them over by saying, oh, we're not going to fight for your decrim cause. We're going to make this legalized, which actually corporatizes it. It makes a ton of money for people. Um, so I'm not the person to really be the Ruth Bader Ginsburg at the end of the day with this, because for my own psychological um, approach to the mushrooms, I have to stay back and, and not get too involved because it actually makes me mad. Right? You know, when I do mushrooms, I get like, ah, you know? and, and I realize that a lot of that is ego and not actually being built for the politics of it. Um, but I know a whole lot about it. And it seems that the decrim movement feels really um, screwed over, um, that the legalization aspect brings aspects of money into the game really quickly when we haven't even had a chance to see what it's like for decrim to happen. But we did see a bit of it in Oakland when decrim happened in a, in a so-called mushroom church that was selling it right out the door, got busted, not for mushrooms, but for weed. I thought the cops were, were like really smart because they made it about a, a marijuana distribution rather than mushrooms. Cause they were like, we don't want to be in this court talking about mushrooms for three years. Yeah. And so they busted them on weed, which right. for the police was a brilliant idea to avoid um, troubles because the guy running the church was like, they'll bust me for mushrooms. And then, We'll all go to court and get all this visibility and maybe move right. the movement forward. You're not going to do that in that caftan you're wearing, dude. Like yeah. it was like a ridiculous like thing he was wearing. It was like <laughs> I don't, you know, you wanted the fame of of like pushing this stuff forward, and I, I'm glad they didn't give it to him, honestly. Yeah. So so I think um I think it ultimately will benefit things. Um, I think any movement forward legally will benefit. There's just going to be setbacks for various factions. Yeah. Well, I have to admit yeah. that when I first read the ballot measure, I was really angry that it wasn't yeah. going to at least allow practitioners to do it with a prescription or not, whatever, yeah. but at the, in their homes. Because yeah. I yeah. know that for myself, I know I wouldn't want to be in a foreign territory without you know, in a plastic fantastic facility, essentially, or yeah. stars, you know, that, that yeah. wouldn't be a comfortable place for me to do that type of intimate, yeah. deep interior work that the mushrooms, you know, offer. I don't want to yeah. walk through that gateway where I feel unsafe. No. But at the same time, I thought Patrick was probably smart in pointing out that, you know, you have to take baby steps. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you can well, still, you, you know, okay, like one of the things I say in my book is I'm a lawbreaker. I broke a law. I mm-hmm. grew mushrooms. I ate them. I gave them to my friends. I broke. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know what time I would get if I was found <laughs> out, but like, I, I always say like, okay, I broke that law. So don't, don't do California stops. Like don't, don't um steal don't shoplift right if you're gonna break one law don't you gotta do stick else. to the other laws. yeah follow all the others <laughs> yeah you're just like i'm sorry it's i have to do i have to do this like yeah. we did it with marijuana and you know like when the marijuana laws were changed i saw all these people really traumatized of their years of doing something illegally i did feel that when i was mm-hmm. breaking the law and growing them and keeping them um i felt it for the first time in my life, I was like, the government sees me now as a criminal. And I thought I was exempt because it didn't feel like I was doing something bad. And I knew I wasn't. I knew this was like beneficial to my health and a great thing to do culturally. And that ultimately the government would figure it out and legalize it. But man, I was, a, I felt an exile spiritually. I felt my aura shift. It was unexpected. And I think drug dealers especially deal with a, a stigma and it affects the whole course of their life and how they are in relationship with their partners and their families, um, how people see you um, when you do something illegal. I had no idea it would affect me. I thought it was exempt and that has to do with my privilege. Yeah. You know, like I, I meant to just buy the drugs, not grow them. Right. <laughs> I was supposed to go downtown with that little right. thing and be like, oh, hi, bye. But here I was growing them at my right. house and, and everyone knew it. And yeah. I became a different class of person there. You know, it's always like the liberal elite that kind of look at you askew, you know, like, oh, darling, really? <laughs> well, and I mean, you're living at that point, you're living with an intensified anxiety. I mean, to have yeah. a substance that you feel is okay, like, you know, cannabis before it was legal or yeah. you know, the mushrooms now to have that in your possession, even yeah. in a small quantity is going to give you a certain amount of anxiety just because... Yeah. But now you're growing and then you're, it. you're white, so you're like, I'll never get caught. And then it's like, wait a minute. I am a published author talking about these things. And and also, as you know, in the book, I was accused of burglary by an yeah. ex. <laughs> right. And so I was already on the police radar. She would call like every three days saying that I had mushrooms. And my girlfriend <laughs> who came along later was like, have you watched The Wire? Like, they might not bust you now, but they have everything on you. So yeah. if you give mushrooms to somebody who goes on to the airport high mm-hmm. and then says they got them from me, it's all over. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's over. It's yeah. a constant. It's precarious, and that's yeah. the point where you do have to end up with you. You have to choose radical trust. You have to trust yeah. the mushrooms to shape the world such that yes, and that that is really that's a hard yeah. piece of trust to extend yeah. to anybody. I mean, and that's why decrim plants. Um, I hope we get better leadership in the movement because. I mean, Ann Arbor managed to pass their decrim legislation without having to link in with the nation national group. Um, and so it's possible to start a decrim proposition without joining, you know, what it, the movement as you find it on the Internet. So it just it makes no sense. Like if you legalize legalize weed, ayahuasca plant combinations, mushrooms, and anything containing mescaline without mentioning peyote out of respect for indigenous communities. I just don't see the harm, but you have, 
you have the movement of the decriminalization of all drugs. They'll jump down your throat saying, yes, but you know, people are in jail for other things. So you have to decriminalize all drugs. I, I'm not interested in that. I don't think the communities, whether they're uh, POC communities, indigenous communities, white communities, I don't think everyone hundred percent wants decriminalization of cocaine and heroin. No, no, that does not. To me, it seems like if it's not a highly processed, if it's given to you by nature as it is, I mean, the mushrooms, you just let them dry and then you eat them. Yes. You're not doing... There's no meth plant. Yeah, you're not not doing anything to change what nature's given you. So it seems like that should not be illegal. It's such a simple (laughs) legal thing. Like in court, you would just be like, is it an intact plant? Yeah. And its story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it something that was a medicine that was made with standard yeah. home medicine making, yeah. you know, oh, you dissolved it, you cooked it, you put it into yeah. an oil. Is that so terrible? No, that's yeah. how you make all your food. Yeah. I mean, if it's if it's treated pretty much like the way we treat all of yeah. our foods, then it seems like. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But we're, we're hell-bent with the internet lately on tearing every effort apart good or bad it'll mm-hmm. just be shredded so so like at this point i'm advocating for discrete use that you either grow yourself or buy from a person on a skateboard that you met in the farmer's market <laughs> right <laughs> you know, yeah. like. yes yes definitely yeah. i don't want to advocate law breaking exactly it's <laughs> illegal you yeah. will if you get caught you will have some altercation with the law yes yeah. yes <laughs> Yeah. Well, but I mean, I'm speaking listening... culturally. <laughs> right, right. Well, I was listening to the your talk on the de, uh, decriminalization of it, and yeah. that's the second uh, ballot measure yeah. we have is uh, 110, yeah. which yes. decriminalizes uh, amounts. So Small amounts, if but... yeah, if you if you do have mushrooms outside of yeah. a place and you're walking and they happen to arrest you. Yeah. You're going to get a, a, a what is it, a misdemeanor. Oh, cool. Uh, and, and then if if it, there's something else involved, then it can go a little higher. But basically, it's a fine now, and so yeah. they're removing the, the the stigma of being arrested or for that charge. So if, yeah. like you said, if you had mushrooms and you were charged, that would affect your professional career. It would affect everything yep. you do. Mm-hmm. Well, where this mm-hmm. would say you're not a bad person, you had a mushroom on you. We're not going to take away your medical license. We're not going to do that. Yay! Yeah. Well, that's amazing. So that's the same ballot. Yeah. There. Well, it's well, then, it's two so, different so, measures. Yeah. There's yeah. there's yeah, one hundred nine is that's the psilocybin, cool. and then one ten is the decrim. Well, yeah. that definitely makes me feel less antagonistic towards the move they made towards simple legalization for therapy because there yeah. are some options. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. They want that. That's what they want. They have every right to to move that forward. And I don't think, I don't think anything, even going down to like Peter Thiel's doing psilocybin um, analog compounds, ultimately needs to have anything to do with me. You know, yeah. like I don't, I it's I I don't advocate it. I think it's a deformed plant entity. But you know, yeah. this isn't my people. This is not the realm I move in. Right. I mean, I'm sure the same conversation happens in, in herbalism because so right. many, what you have aspirin is made out of willow bark, basically. Right. And it, yeah. And you've lost a lot. You know, if you ask that tree to help you with pain, the amount of 
you know, yeah. relationship you have to your body is extremely accentuated. Yes. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, in one of the common <clears throat> conversations we have in herbalism is the question of whether or not recognizing this particular molecule and isolating it is a good idea. Yeah. Because yes. so often exactly. the plants bring to the table not just that one molecule, but a whole exactly. plethora, and it's a system that works together. Yep. That's what makes it medicine. Yep. A molecule is not medicine, you know. Psilocybin has five, five or six different compounds, and then there's psilocin, psilocybin. They're trying to just create a psilocybin analog, but there's psilocin. There's also, I didn't know this is recently discovered, there's an MAOI in the mushroom nice. that we didn't know about. I tend to like to do psilocybin with Syrian rue, which is an MAOI. Um but the fact the mushroom already has an MAOI built into it is extraordinary. Okay, wait a and second. Very interesting. What, what is an, what, <laughs> You're what is have it? to explain wait, MAOI. What's an MAOI? Yeah, an MAOI is um, it's in turmeric. It's an antidepressant. It's um, it does something with your tryptamines, and you can't eat c certain foods will act strangely with it, and you shouldn't beyond like too much Adderall or things like that. Although mushrooms has such a low amount, you it's not going to hurt you. But an MAOI inhibitor is a potentiator for um, any psychedelic. So DMT is in the chacruna plant. The ayahuasca is, a, is solely an MAOI inhibitor. So yeah. when you're saying ayahuasca, the plant itself is an MAOI. So it extends a trip longer. It um, does something to what a psychedelic is. It gives it um, like longevity, depth, a certain sensory experience that the DMT or the mushrooms would not have on their own. So it accentuates it? It, it, it accentuates it. It um, gives it a different texture quality. Chocolate has MAOI. Mm -hmm. Turmeric has MAOI. Um, I want to say St. John's yeah. wort also does. That's an MAOI. Yeah. Exactly. That's why it's such a iffy, dangerous, doesn't always work with people if they're having a bizarre diet or drink a lot. Yeah. yeah. So MAOI is a very um, fragile, very sensitive compound. And, and I, I do it with the mushrooms because it, um, it gives me a no escape route. It makes the, a mushroom trip instead of like this open-ended fun thing. With an MAOI, it's like you have um, you have blood pressure, heat issues, and and it like if you don't pray or do the right thing exactly when you need to do it, you can have a bad trip. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's why ayahuasca is like, oh, that kicked my ass or whatever. Yeah. Whereas I think DMT, you just you have a bad trip or a good trip, but you're not like you don't have the potential to land in hell like you do with like ayahuasca or and or psilocybin they call it psilocybin <laughs> yeah so yeah where did i oh yeah so so with the analogs and things you you don't have those relationships and when i did ayahuasca for the first time in mexico it was an ecuadorian shaman who said um that there was like macaw medicine and jaguar medicine in the brew. And I realized he was talking about other plants. Yeah. So, yeah. so they would have a lineage of a jaguar plant yeah. or literally they would just say it was jaguar, but it was probably a plant that was added to it that created a particular um, resonance that was the shaman's lineage. And, and that's yeah. also hugely important. 
You know, yeah. you talk about herbalism, even even people who make their what fire fire ciders have yeah. their lineage and the little thing they put in it. It's yeah. so important. Yeah, I mean, herbal medicine that's made um, by hand. Yeah. by a specific herbalist, whomever that may yeah. be, that herbalist is putting an energy yeah. into it and part of their spirit or part of the way that the energy of the plants, the plants work together as a team and yeah. the way they shape themselves is partially directed by the herbalist putting it together, yep. which makes some herbal preparations more powerful for an individual person, you know, whoever the individual is than others. And it's about, you know, it's part of why we have such a wide selection of approaches to herbalism because there are so many different people and each person has their own unique needs and you need to find the right herbalist to work with, just like you find... And lineage, timing, um, the ancestral karma of a person, Mm -hmm. the astrology of their own life, you know, like when somebody literally gets healed of like uterine cancer from raspberry tea... Mm -hmm. It's not scientific, but it's real and it happens yes. because of all those intersections of the person's life and the timing and, and all of it. And and so I find it tragic that people miss out on the entire story of relationality of, of the entire natural world and our personal relationships, because I think that's what that's why we're here. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. We have Astrid, but, you know, yeah. it's. People are missing out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I don't like to say that I think everybody should do any specific thing. I mean, not, not everybody yeah. should do ginger. Ginger isn't appropriate for everybody. But, yeah. you know, there's a place for Western medicine. Aspirin has yeah. its place. There are times yeah. where, you know, some of the really heavy-hitting drugs or crisis mes- medicine intervention are the right one. And yeah. everybody, plants included, will definitely agree. But there yep. are so many times in our lives where those aren't the right approaches and we don't no. we don't culturally know to look elsewhere. And well the return to the plant, I think, is a very old story. Last time I did a very high mushroom dose, it was twenty-five <laughs> grams with Syrian rue. And and they were saying one of the oldest stories, and it continues to this day, and it's There's a lot of old stories that don't mean anything anymore, but the oldest story is you've gone to college, you've found your guru, none of it worked out, you've lost your wife, you know, all of it. And then a little tiny mushroom tells you that it all makes sense and you're you're good and you did the right thing and you did everything you could in this life, you know, and and like, I think that's the story of the plants. It's not yeah. just the story of the mushroom. It's that yeah. thing that just is like, we were here all along loving you the whole time. Yes. 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 And uh, you, you, you need to have your experiences. Yeah. You can't have love without having experienced hate. You can't have light yeah. without having experienced dark. So, yep. you know, that's what the plants and are studying teaching. studying something up and down and realizing you still didn't know a damn thing about it <laughs> right <laughs> until you just found its essence yeah. you know you found its essence <laughs> you have a phd in the thing and then it said something that you didn't know right. <laughs> <It's> like, wow <laughs> yes. yeah oh that is so beautiful <clears throat> so th- i want to thank you excuse me i want to thank you for writing the wild kindness that is it's been i enjoyed it i loved it 
And I think that you're going to be opening an awful lot of doors for a lot of people. We, so. Except that everyone, everyone's safe. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You know, because like, you know, I know, I, you know, they really are the safest drug. Like when you study emergency room visits and such, mm -hmm. they're the safest thing, yeah. even more than caffeine, right? right. But <laughs> if I was to say, what is the danger of mushrooms? I would say, do you think poetry is dangerous? Right. And if somebody says no, I would say you haven't really engaged with poetry. Right. <laughs> you know, being in a, I say that the path of an artist, I say the mushrooms are easy, but writing my book was a don't do this at home situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, embarking, embarking on philosophical inquiry is the most dangerous path we have as humans. And not everybody yeah. needs to do that. Right, yeah. right, right. So true. Yeah. <laughs> So how, how can people find you? They can find me. Um, I'm on Instagram under Farrell Williams, like Farrell. Uh -huh. And I have a website called betwilliams.com. I'm starting a book club. So if you get a hold of the book early enough to read it by November 12th, you can hop in on a free Zoom with a chapter-by-chapter -chapter guide, oh, cool. um, which find me on betwilliams.com for that. And um, yeah. Cool. And um, I feel like I'm supposed to be asking one more question. I don't, don't think so. No, I think we got it. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, awesome. where is the best place for people to buy the book? Um, do you have a link through your website or? I think there's a link on my website, but bookshop.org um, okay. is a, the fastest way if you don't want to go through Amazon. I love bookshop.org. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. At first, like, it was because of COVID, it was taking two months to get my book, even on Amazon. That was really mm -hmm. frustrating. But now it seems to have worked itself out. Yeah. And I'm going to have an audio book eventually. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. All righty. Well, thank you so very much for being thank with you. us today. I, I guess with that, put, put a nerve on, on it. it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.